Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kill Your Yo-Yo, the podcast dedicated to yo-yo theory, yo-yo performance, and yo-yo improvisation brought to you by Illinx Toys, and I am your host, Ross Levine. Today we have an awesome guest. This is Chris Toledo. Chris is an amazing yo-yoer who is on Team Duncan. He's one of those Duncan players who got to finals this year. Uh, which is all of the Duncan players who were in prelims and and uh, or semifinals got to to finals at nationals. This doesn't matter. This is not a competition podcast. But it is interesting having competitors on here because there's something that competitors do that I think a lot of performers can learn from, which is going clean and having consistency. Uh, we've talked to a few yo-yoers about that recently, but I think that Chris has a very interesting approach to consistency and getting your tricks to be clean and he's so good at it that gentry actually calls him mr clean so if you see him at a contest you can start to call him mr clean as well but that's not all we talk about uh we talk about how he does go clean but also how he uses visualization and a practice schedule to make sure that he's able to hit his tricks and that he knows exactly what that experience of being on stage is going to look like. And that's why when you watch a Chris Toledo freestyle, he looks calm as a cucumber. Now, this show is only made possible by the support of Illings Toys, and that is only made possible by the support of you. So if you're listening to this, go to my Instagram, I-L-I-N-X underscore T-O-Y-S, and in the links, you'll be able to find... A, uh, a, a secret thing where you can get a giant discount on mouse pads. These are the best 19 millimeter yo-yo response pads. They're clear. They work with all the colors of yo-yos that you have. Uh, they just look beautiful. Everybody loves them. They're my favorite product. They're the most popular product. You can get four pairs for free when you buy eight pairs. So you get 12 pairs for the price of eight. Uh, and that's available at the link in my bio on Instagram. I hope you go check them out. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope you enjoy Chris Toledo's episode. Later. Hi, Chris. Hey. How's, How's it, going? it going? Oh, it's so good on my end. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. It's good to hear. Good nice day. 10 a.m. on a Sunday. Yep. <laughs> Lazy day. Yeah, I hear you just walking your dog. What uh, what kind of dog do you have? Uh, a mix of a beagle and a lab. So, uh, so so a bab, yeah. Would that be illegal? <laughs> yeah, no, she's she's great. She's like small, but not small at the same time. <laughs> she's like smaller than I'd expect, but bigger than you'd expect. Okay, that's a that's a. It sounds like a good dog. Yeah, she's but... a good size. <laughs> that's good. It's a, it's always good to start a yo-yo podcast with a little dog walking. Um, <laughs> yes. Yeah, <laughs> it's one of what one of those tricks right that everybody knows walk the dog oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. now you got to extract the dog's dna through its blood and then you, dna with the dog i don't know this is a dumb this is, this is dumb <laughs> let's not continue with this let's get into your backstory chris what is how did you get into yo-yoing uh it was like i think around middle school i, I had a friend that i had never seen like I, I always thought yo-yos were like super limited, just like you know the basic stuff that everybody knows. Oh, yeah. Then one of my, he had a, I think it was probably a magic yo-yo, you know the ones you could buy on like Amazon. Oh yeah. The one, 
effects. I don't remember. I don't know what it's called. The free guy. I have one somewhere. I don't the know N12 it. or whatever. Probably. I yes, but he had one, and he wasn't doing like crazy stuff. He was just doing like trapeze, but I've like never seen anybody put something on the string before, and I thought that was crazy. So I think maybe like a week or two later, we went to. Uh, I live, we you know, live in uh, LA, or I don't live in LA. I live like in Cali. So we went to Disneyland. Do you know downtown Disney? How they used to have oh, that yeah. Duncan. Mm-hmm. So I remember going over there and seeing the yo-yos and thinking like, "Oh God, I really want one. That's so cool." And then, uh, yeah, basically that's where I got my first yo-yo. Surprisingly, my parents said yes. And my first yo-yo was a Duncan yo-yo, so it kind of went full circle that way. And uh, yeah, ever since. My friend doesn't yo-yo anymore, unfortunately. You know, that happens usually. I feel like the person that gets you into yo-yoing in high school doesn't end up keep going. But yeah, I, I still do it, obviously. But that tends to be the uh, the path. Like someone someone shows you yo-yoing, you get super into it, and then they like fall off into obscurity. Fall out. It, it is what it is sometimes. Yeah. Though. It's- absolutely uh was the was the booth at at disneyland or downtown disney was that ever like a meetup spot because that was always too far for me to like go and hang out at it was too far for me too but whenever Mm -hmm. i went there there was always yoyoers there Mm -hmm. like at least somebody that knew what they were doing and the i think the craziest one was i met james reed once like when i was like i know he worked there yeah yeah yeah, I, met, I was like five months into yoing, and I met him like when we went back again and it was really funny because like I was like not like amazing because he's like five months into yoing, but I remember seeing his yoing and being like extremely mind blown. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. was like oh this is what good yoing looks like. So yeah I've known, I've known ever and he's known him by existence forever. <laughs> But yeah, there wasn't really like a, there, pro, there had to have been like a meetup there every once in a while, but I wasn't a part of it. And I I know they had a, a competition that they ran. I, I went to one of them. I think I did like pretty good in the junior. I think I might've gotten third in the junior category or something. It was the only time I've ever been on the podium for yo-yoing. <laughs> I did a IYYC one year, 2015. Do you remember that I went to 20, 20 IYYC was 2015 was my first contest. Really? Yeah. Uh, ever, wow. ever. Like I um I did the amateur division. That was fun. And what what year was that? Uh 2015. That's the first contest I ever went to. That's crazy how far you've come. So just for people who are listening, uh Chris is a, a regional champion. He's a state champion. In Arizona, he just got sixth in the U.S. Um, so he's 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 not like some some beginner guy. Chris is, <laughs> is killing it right now. Thank you. <laughs> um, so that's incredible that you just started in 2015. You're already doing. I mean, I guess that's what seven yeah. years ago now. It, it it's a while. It doesn't feel yeah. like it. Here, 2015. You're like, oh, that was probably like two years ago, but it's been like yeah. seven years. That's kind of it's a long time the last three years felt like no years so <laughs> honestly I mean, I like, with it yeah it felt like that didn't even happen i can't believe some there'd be like some things from 2020 that my friends will talk about and i'm like i feel like it just happened like a couple weeks ago but oh, it's yeah. like 
it's a long time ago now. Completely. Man, so so who were your inspirations when you were getting into yo-yoing and like starting to compete or starting to think about like going out and doing performing? You know, it's always changed. Like back in the day, it was always like really technical people. Because for some reason, when I was a kid, I was like a lot of strength equals cool. <laughs> That's like that was like a thing that I always thought was cool. I never like I thought the big tricks were cool and all that stuff, but like for me, for some reason, if it was a lot of tech, it was really cool in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So like back in those days, it was 2015, you know, so I was like, that was like the age of tech. I feel like a lot of people were doing a lot of tech then. So like Ahmad Charisma was one of those people I watch all the time. If you remember that name. I but, don't, but I should. Uh, he, he's made world finals like basically every year until he stopped competing. Wow. Um, at least from what my knowledge is, but, and then like, there's a bunch of people, but I guess like going off of like the people that influenced my whole style was definitely like Colin Beckford, uh, Michael Stetz, if you know who that is, he's like I, I, I heard about him. He's a good friend of Chris Chun. Yeah, yeah, very good yo-yoer. He's one of my favorites to watch. And then Anthony Rojas, but I like them for all like three different reasons. And, uh, the funny thing is, it's like, I love all their tricks, but the three different reasons, I love Colin for like how he constructs tricks. I like Michael Setz because his, his like pacing is like basically what my pacing is these days. <laughs> and um, Define Anthony pacing. What was that? Define pacing. Pacing, just like how comfortable you can go with the yard and make it look good, basically. He so like, like goes the... confident pace, but it's not like too slow. But he's going at a pace where it's like, wow, this looks like really good. That's what I've always liked. Especially when it was like, it was like 2016 when he was like winning every contest he went to. <laughs> so it was like really cool. And then Anthony Rojas is like, I love watching his performances. So it's like always something is, uh, I'm like, oh, I really want to, I really want to have this kind of performance value. Yeah, he's like watching a dancer. He's always been my favorite. Yo-yo. Yeah, I a lot of like outside yo-yoers like him because they're like that like have like performance history. They're like, wow, this is like this is like dancing, but just with the yo-yo. <laughs> yes, James Reed reminds me a lot of him as well, and I think he influenced yeah. James a lot. Yeah, I feel like Anthony alone has influenced like basically the entirety of SoCal. <laughs> oh yeah, so much so. You can oh, see it man. in like I, James Reed. They're like they're just performances and it's like yeah this is like this is anthony anthony inspiration here 100 percent. oh man so that's awesome michael sex anthony rojas colin beckford those are those are good influences to have all incredible yep. yo-yoers all really good yo-yoers <laughs> oh man so so was there any like one routine that you saw that made you really want to start taking competing more seriously or yo-yoing more seriously even uh i i can't really say if it was like a routine because like for the full year i started i didn't well not the full year like the third like first like maybe like 10 months i didn't really understand that there was competitive yo-yoing i thought that it was just like just like yo-yo i mean i knew there was probably competitions and i think it was like i don't remember his name i can't tell you because it's freestyle i can't find since i've seen it i can't find it but oh. it was a jab he won like a regional he would i don't remember his name he's not competitive he's not active anymore but 
I saw his freestyle. He did like a, a routine to like almost like jazz music, and it was really? like really, it was like faster paced though. It was like, but it was like really good, and I don't remember. I don't remember his name, but I, he was on Yo-Yo Factory. He, if anybody's watching this and it can help me, he he was in the, it was like an old Yo-Yo Factory video. He was in like Fosh check Checkmate video. He's the Japanese player on there. I don't remember his name at all, <laughs> but he was the first Yo-Yo I ever saw in a competition, and it made me want to be like him. Like one of like like I. I was like, I want to be like this guy one day. I want to compete like this. That's cool. That's awesome. So, so I'm sure someone will, someone out there, some someone yo-yo know exactly. is going to come in. Oh yeah. <laughs> message. What's your, what's your Instagram? So people can message you about it. It's, uh, Chris K R I S underscore. It's two underscores and then Toledo T O L E D O. Perfect. <laughs> message yeah. him about. Cause it's a lot, lost video. I haven't seen in like, seven to eight years <laughs> yeah that would be great if we can reconnect you with that yeah it's the video yeah. that i got so so why why yo-yoing of all the things that you could do why are you sticking with this uh this dumb toy that we all love so much i don't really have like a reason i just thought it was always something to do it was fun and then it got like really serious when you start learning all the tricks and you're like wow I want to be good and I think I honestly think a lot of it was like watching those videos like the one I just said and then all the Yo-Yo Factory videos that are like Yo-Yo Factory in Japan or like Yo-Yo Factory like the the rocks or not the rock star basically anything with Paul Hahn in it <laughs> oh but, yeah yeah but um those Yo-Yo videos made me want to be like those people a lot and I was like I want to go to these con like, like, like these things that people are doing it looks like fun and that's basically what made me stick to it. Then, like being there now is kind of crazy because it doesn't feel real sometimes. Mm-hmm. But it's really fun. It uh, makes me. It made me miss yoing a lot, especially during quarantine. Oh, God, I miss yoing so much. Going to nationals was so. <laughs> Man, you reminded me of um, when you're talking about those videos. I think that's yo-yo videos, like full edits. I think are sort of a lost art to some extent now because. Yeah. I don't remember watching the, the I forget exactly what, but it was Tyler Severance's, I think it was for the Severe. It must have been for the Severe. Um, oh, God. His that. video back in the day and the Brian Figueroa Fiesta XX video I would watch on repeat and just like all those videos back then that would come out and you just go, oh, it, anything CLYW would put out. Like they had some amazing videos. Yeah, YouTube yoing is kind of a lost art these days. Yeah. These days, but um, I uh, what I th- what I think was cool, like of recent, is that Nationals twenty twenty two was very well documented. Yes, Jeffrey Bang like, did a great job. Um, Addition yeah. Yo Yo did a good job on Instagram. Oh God, he he um, he's definitely he definitely put his name out there a bunch of companies are like wow this guy's this guy's got some amazing art like that like, maybe not art but like, amazing footage and it's like yeah. wow I was like I think it was really good and then Paul Harness put out a couple of videos to make it I don't know if you've seen those but he did he had a little uh I think it was a fisheye camp it, the video looks like it's from 2003 but it's 2022 so I good. did you see that so yeah. cool 
it was really cool it was weird to see my because i wasn't in the video but i saw myself in the background it's like this looks like it was made in like 2000 2005 wow. so this is really cool i love that man that i feel like that's a um that's i i actually just got a magic book by a yo-yo word uh nick defat defat maybe he is sponsored by monkey finger design and i literally have it like right here but oh damn where there it is um it's called offbeat if anyone's interested in supporting a yo-yo word this is like making huge waves in the magic world but it's relevant because his photography you can chris can see this but the listeners can't it is done with real film he is like 23 and he decided that in his book he was gonna make it with real film and he actually mentions in the in the the i don't know i think the the preface or something um in the opening of the book he's like we sent these to a, a place to get the film developed and they were like we don't know what these pictures are for but they are some of the coolest photos we've ever seen and so like i think there's some really cool art with using old technology to to make to, to document modern stuff i think that's gonna make a comeback yeah i think yeah, that's pretty cool but you know like speaking with the documenting things like i i really hope that this contest shows that we should document stuff more because i feel like everyone was like oh, those videos are great and i was like yeah because we need to do them more <laughs> yeah like like i feel like like i don't know if you remember this video like the 2015 worlds video that jeffrey made like that video is what made me staply want to go to worlds <laughs> like like alone and i i don't know dude it's just like i feel like when like the YouTube version of Yo-Yoing kind of just like fell off, there's like so many contests where I was like so many good memories, but there was no like video for it. There's no documentation for it. No like nothing to look back on besides freestyles, which is fine. But like you want to see like the freestyles is such a small portion of the contest, and then people don't see like the part where everyone's like hanging out, goofing off, practicing. Like yeah, it's. It's like, I'm so glad some Jeffrey came along. Everybody decided like, oh, let's just make videos of this contest. Yeah, the best parts of the contest. If you want to see kind of an example of that. Uh, um, oh man, uh, Josh Yee uh, made a lot of videos like that. And if you look up the Kitsune box, K-I-T-S-U-N-E space B-O-X, um, that was from nationals. I don't remember the year, but it was just like us hanging out after nationals, not anything to do with the contest. It's just a bunch of yo-yoers from all over the country, all hanging out, messing around with this dumb box <laughs> toy. Like that's, that's the kind of stuff that, that really <laughs> makes contests worth going to, to me, it's not the contest. It's that stuff. It, it, the, it's like the competition's such a small part, but you're mostly yeah. going like, if your friends weren't going, you wouldn't go either. Like if there was just yeah. like a bunch of, it was like it was just gonna be like judges. I, like, I mean, people would go. I would go, but like it wouldn't be fun. It'd just be like, okay, I'm going for the contest. Nothing, no. You go mostly friends, and you don't see these people ever because they're like, you're from like like California, and your best friends from like Massachusetts. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, you guys like ever. This is like the one time you'll see them for like months or who knows. We didn't know years after COVID. Yeah. Uh, completely oh man it, it's almost like 
It's almost like we don't even need the competition part of the competition. Hmm. <laughs> I think it'd be good. Like, I obviously always have competitions because it's good yeah. for you out there. But I think it'd be really cool if every once in a while someone just did like a, like, like a, some, just something to do with yo-yoing where it's not serious, but you can get people together. Yeah. I think that's always, always going to be good for the community. I think that would be a, yeah. a really fun event. And there was some stuff at this competition. Uh, a lot of, there were workshops. That was the first time I'd ever seen workshops at a competition. Gentry Stein talked and Hunter um, Pierstein talked. Uh, yeah. They did about 30 minutes each. I think Gentry did maybe an hour to 30 minute workshops. And it's an hour and a half of workshops. And I, I went to them and they were super fun. It was like, where else are you going to get to see Gentry talking? Um, and then they also did like little mini games of like, who can make a yo-yo spin the fastest? <laughs> they had a yo-yo spin meter uh, thing. I think when I went to the factory, everyone was doing that. <laughs> mm -hmm. How fast did you get, if you remember? I didn't. I ended up not doing it because the line was like so long. Oh, yeah. Do it. But I was like, I wanted to, but I was like, maybe I shouldn't. I was just like, that's a long line. <laughs> it's it's tough. I think the secret is you have to measure it right after the throw, too. Yeah. So, yeah. And then uh, it's cool. I wanted yeah. to do it, but at the contest, when I'm at, like, if you're a competitor, you know what I mean? I'm at the contest, so I'm just focusing on the competition. Yeah, like, that's fair. The day. That's what I really liked Friday being there not having to stress about the competition just kind of hanging out looking yeah. at everything really nice then of course you go to like the contest day and everyone's like okay it's time you know it's time to like be serious really... about it. yeah oh yeah got their earbuds in face in the wall uh, <laughs> so so let's talk a little bit about that you are kind of well known as like you hit stuff clean you don't really <laughs> miss that often on stage uh I, I watched some of your routines just researching this and you're you're so <laughs> I like I don't think I saw you miss. Um so you have some incredible ability to be consistent on stage. I want to know how do you go so clean? Um I mean it's a lot of practice and a lot of uh I, I sometimes don't understand. I don't understand why. It's just like I practice a lot. To the point where it feels like, like, at least in my head, when I'm comfortable with practicing is when I'm doing the competition, like in my head, and like I'm comfortable with. I don't. I really know how to explain it because like sometimes I'll just there's be some days where I can't hit my routine ever, and then there'll be some days where I don't ever miss anything in my routine, and I so far, I've only had one bad content competition since becoming a top player like one bad run and I don't even have the worst result but I, I don't really understand what happens when I'm on stage I kind of just kind of like focus like this is like like this is what you've been practicing for just just focus and you'll get you can do it and that's what mostly what I'm and I'm just like trying to stay calm on stage even though I'm like freaking out inside but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah it's also I think mm -hmm. What? No, 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 go ahead. Uh, I think a lot of what makes me go cleaner is I use music I enjoy. I actually like the song most of the time, at least. 
maybe not for qualifiers qualifiers i just put a routine in a bunch of like things i can do relatively easy with a song i probably don't like but <laughs> with finals every song i've used besides maybe like one i've done really well at with because I, I like the song so it makes it easier for me to practice too so do you get that thing because i get this thing that i'll choose a favorite song like like last night by the strokes like i love that song it's one of my favorite songs or reptilia by the strokes even better that's probably my favorite song i i <laughs> won't use that to compete with or or for any performance because it's one of my favorite songs and i don't want to ruin that song for myself and every uh, time I choose a song I love, I listen to it 10 million times to prepare for a, a performance. And then I, I hate that song now. So do you get that? Yeah. You know, it's 100% real. It's such a risk. That's why I don't think I'll ever use like some of the songs I listen to normally. Mm -hmm. I did that at Nationals though. I haven't listened to the song since. <laughs> <laughs> that, at National, that song was one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. Like, easy and i was like i love this song by the weekend and i remember i was talking to my girlfriend and she was like yeah i really like this song too and i was all like eh, maybe i should use this and i used it and i was like i was like jesus christ i can't listen to this song again oh, yeah. <laughs> i need this song and uh but using it i definitely think people were like this this song was like perfect for you and I, i'd say so as well I, I think that fit my if i had to describe a song my yo yo in a song, it'd be that song. <laughs> it's almost like but, you have to sacrifice your own enjoyment of that song to allow everyone. people to really love your routine because you yeah, made such a good song for it. They're like, that song was perfect for you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, I'm probably, you probably don't know this, but that's one of my favorite songs ever. <laughs> yeah. But I can't listen to it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what what song by the weekend was it? If you it was the Die for the Weekend. Which one? Die for You by the weekend. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. One of those songs that had so many cues that I can evenly pace my tricks out without having to stop at points. So it felt so perfect for me. That's great. So so part of it is like making sure that you're comfortable on stage by using you're using kind of setting the scene to make it so that you are comfortable. Yeah. That's why I like when I go up there, I look so like, you know, like I get that told a lot, like, oh, you look so calm and comfortable on stage. It's because I'm, yeah, I'm not forcing myself to go faster, not forcing me to do anything crazy. I'm just yo-yoing up there like I would yo-yo in my room. So maybe but that could be a good reason, a big reason why I go as clean as I do, because I'm trying to enjoy myself more. Well, I'm competing, obviously, but I'm also trying to enjoy myself up there. Yeah. Because like, you can't have fun with it. Like, why, why do it? <laughs> that's true so how what's what's is there anything else that you do to kind of set that stage and make yourself put yourself in that mindset because i get i can get freaked out if i'm doing a a choreographed routine um i can get very in my head and then my hands start shaking because i'm like oh no i messed up that other thing and then i start thinking about like how do i solve this issue in the in like <laughs> whereas yeah if you don't miss anything, you don't end up having that problem. <laughs> well, there's a couple things I'm like, well, one of them, I can be a little bit of a perfectionist. Like every time I look at a routine I make, I picture me doing it flawless on stage all the time. Yeah. I think that does matter. Because 
when you visualize yourself on stage and you want to do good, you visualize you never messing up ever. <laughs> and that's most of the time. That's like practicing without using a yo-yo, basically visualizing what you're going to do on stage. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to practice, I do have a practice schedule. Okay. Uh, I uh, practice my qualifiers five times a day depending on how long it is. I think for nationals, it was five times because it was an extra 30 seconds. And it's not, it doesn't seem like a lot, but if you're practicing it over and over and over, it's like, it makes you feel a little insane. <laughs> Especially if it's qualified. Do you have that written down somewhere of like what your schedule uh, looks like? I don't have it written down. I used to have it written down on my phone, but it was on my old phone, so I don't have it anymore. But gotcha. I would just practice the qualifiers five times a day. And just basically, if, I, if in my fifth run, I don't do well, I do it one more time just to have like an end off of like, a okay, I feel good about this. I, I feel fine. Like I can I can start my final. And my final, it, de- it does depend a lot on how long it is. Because two minutes, I can do maybe the same amount or like two, two less, like four times. But if it's three minutes, <laughs> three minutes of yo-yoing, and I don't know if you've ever done one before, but if you have, you understand how long it feels practicing oh, yeah. it. It feels like forever, and it's yeah. very tiring. So like, I'll only run through it like once, twice, maybe three times a day, just to get myself in the like mindset of the routine. I see. Then- so, so it's like qualifiers five times per day, have to do it, and those are like a minute. Yeah. But then your final, you want to do like one to four times per day. Yeah, because it's like, like I, I always say, like you need to focus on qualifiers if you want to make finals. Like that's yeah. so. You have a final you enjoy, just practice it. But just make sure you're, 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 you have to understand that there's a round before you need to get by to do yeah. the final. And that's really important to like make sure to do that. So I always try to focus on qualifiers because. At least for me, and I think a lot of like other top players like this, just finals, and then you're like, okay, we'll see how it goes from there. Yeah. Most. Um, how, much, how much overlap is there between your prelim and your final? Like in terms I, of the tricks that you do. Oh, like overlap, like yeah. how different. Are yeah. So for qualifiers, everybody really knows that like where that's where like a lot of the newer yo-yoing thrives like meta or like big tricks mm-hmm. um, most of the time i just try to do tricks that are score decently well because like you know stuff that will score because it's like you know you, you, this is what i tell people you do what you do in qualifiers to have fun in finals that's what I like see. that's what a lot of people that's what i tell a lot of people it's like i do what i do in qualifiers so i'll do like a prelim that scores relatively high just so I can feel safe making it to do what I want in finals because I want people to see the final. Mm. And what I'll do is I'll just do tricks that are a little easier or like I'll have an easier version of a trick that probably scores about the same, but it's easier for me to hit in qualifiers. And I actually think for qualifiers, and this is like, this is my biggest critique on qualifiers is please do the evals. <laughs> They're so much more important than you guys think they are. <laughs> it's just like having a high tech score is cool, but if you have a high tech score and then you have like bad evals, you can risk not making it. So yeah. it's like, and it's so more musicality inter- zoning. 
yeah go through it's go so, through them what are things what are things because so, i am i am actively trying to learn this stuff i want to do well in qualifiers so that i can fail in finals that's my new goal <laughs> so what's what's the stuff that i have to do to to pass qualifiers so, there's four evals. The first two are actually about your wing. It's execution and control. So it's basically how you and how your wing looks, which is another thing that I'll probably we'll probably talk about is how you're making your wing look. You know, make it look 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 presentable for the judges. Don't make him look like you're like shaky up there. And then execution is basically I don't really understand the full execution thing, but it's from what I understand, it's like how well you do during your freestyle. It's like how well you execute it. And then the other two are choreography and body control. And then choreography, like this is what I did with my last qualifier is I had a lot of music use and it made the qualifier more enjoyable sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's stressful either way because you're in a round of like, you can get cut if you mess up too much. So, yeah. and I think it's good to have at least a little bit of like sync, like yo-yo, like just like choreography choreograph with the music and qualifiers don't obviously overdo it to the point where it's like you can kill your tech score if that's still important but do it to the point where it's like okay he doesn't look like he just threw a song and started yo-yoing because mm-hmm. like, that's what qualifiers look like like they'll make it but they won't be like or like sometimes they won't make it and it's just like it looks like and it's like okay what did i do wrong and so like you didn't do the evals and you do the evals <laughs> that's like really God. important yeah, and then body control is just make sure you don't look awkward or nervous on stage. You don't have to do, like, everybody's got different body control. Like, Gentry has, like, all the movements and stuff like that where it looks really good. And then you have Evan where he'll do that, but then sometimes we'll just stand in the center. That's not bad body control. He just looks professional. And then yeah, a good example of someone where it doesn't have, like, crazy body control is uh, oh, my dog. Leo Chan. Okay. Uh, Leo Chan has body control where it's not too much but it looks professional mm. yeah that's where i think that's where i think it's too, just need to find like your own like sweet spot on body control and what you'd like it's sort of like finding yourself and and finding how you hold yourself on stage is kind yeah. of how i understand it yeah because if you make it look professional i don't think anybody's going to give you like a bad body control score unless they're yeah. super strict about it to go, you need this, this, and this, but I'm sure there are judges like that, obviously. But for the majority, probably just want you to make make sure you don't look awkward. Yeah, <laughs> they, you want to look like a performer. I, I think there's yeah. something that a lot of yoyers could benefit from. I think there's a lot that yoyers could benefit from from taking like an acting class or a dancing class or like <laughs> yeah. or like an improv class. I think generally, and and one of the things is being able to hold yourself on stage. And like everybody, some that everybody can relate to because everyone's done some public speaking in, in school is there's a difference between, between how I'm talking right now, which I'm talking for a podcast. So I'm projecting, speaking from my diaphragm, uh, over enunciating a little bit. And then how I might talk to a friend, which is a little bit more like this, like, oh, hey, how's, how's your day going? Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we all know like the difference between conversational and presentational talking. Yeah. And the same stuff is true for how you stand and how you hold yourself on stage and how you move around a stage. I think that's something that that what you're saying, Gentry and you and Evan and Hiroki Suzuki even, like he holds himself on stage in a particular way 
that is presentational rather than conversational. And I think that's sort of a something that yo-yoers don't necessarily get when they're just getting into it is you're doing a yeah. performance, learn how to perform. Yeah. It's, it's just like, it's not just the tricks. It's, it's everything. Everything's being judged you're doing. The second you walk on stage, you're being judged the second until you get off. That's basically yeah. this every second you're on stage, anything you do can be judged, scored. So it's like, you gotta, you gotta look professional at least just look like you know what you're doing. <laughs> yes. You just look what you like what you know what you're doing. Even if you don't know what you're doing, just make it look like you know what you're doing. It's it's kind of, performance is like the the absolute maximum of fake it till you make it because you can go on fake. stage and pretend you know what you're doing, and you will even if you do a terrible routine and you end confident and you like throw your hand in the air after you bind like people will still be like oh man this guy's confident or this person's confident. Yeah. People will remember, like, even if it's, like, if it, like people will remember you, like, okay, that kid is, like, he, he's confident. He's not there yet, but he'll get, you'll be remembered until, like, you know, fake it till you make it, and then you, one day you'll make it, and you're like, oh, this makes a lot of sense now. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, completely. Um, man, so that's right. awesome. Uh, we're talking uh, a few weeks ago about, or a few days ago about, uh, you like to record your routines with a phone. Uh, yes. And that's something that a lot of that's very common in magic. Like from the beginning, you learn practice in front of a mirror. And I took that and put it into my yo-yoing. I always like to yo-yo in front of a mirror. And so anywhere I am, one of the first <laughs> things I buy is a, is a new mirror uh, to make sure I always have something to do to go in front of so that you can see it from the audience's perspective. And the epitome of that and what a lot of magicians are now saying is you want to record your your magic so that you can make sure you get it from all the different angles and like hearing that you record your uh your routines was making me think of that because i don't do that with my magic yet and i don't do it with my yo-yoing yet but i want to hear about why you do it with your yo-yoing and any tips that you have for how people can start to use it in their yo-yoing um well i think it's really important to do that at least for me it's because you see your routine in your way, like you see you doing it. Yeah. But you you think this is like, oh, this feels so good to do and this looks great. I'm gonna get a lot of music for this. But if you record it, sometimes it looks completely different. Like every everything looks different from a different point of view. You're seeing it from somebody else's eyes in essentially. Mm -hmm. So I think it's really important to record it, see how it looks. Cause it like you may think it look like you made it look good. But you record it and it looks like I didn't see it. Like what happened? Because it's yeah. like obviously that presentation is really important. You got to make it look good. You got to make it obvious. Judges are human. <laughs> they are not robots. They will not see something if it's not obvious. So the, mm -hmm. if you like say like a good example is like a music cue. You have a, a cue where it's like, oh, this looks so good when I do it. But then you record it and you're like, I barely saw that. You got to yes. make it. Look Think it's really important to do that record it see how the freestyle flows with the music because maybe it's too fast paced and maybe i should change the song or i should go slower faster i think it's really important to just watch yourself yo-yo in that way if you're especially if you're trying to win the contest too that's like yeah really important because you want to make it look good to be above everybody not just like like for that standard but obviously always just make do it for yourself to make yourself like feel good like oh i like this I, i'll be happy no matter my placing 
that's basically what I did for Nats. I was like, I looked at it. I'm like, okay, if I get top 10, I'll be happy. But if I hit it clean and I don't, I at least will be like, okay, I really like this routine. Yeah. I'm happy. That's something that you're making me think of is like, if you record something that, that, that the judges are human, they are not yeah. machines. They won't know the little intricacies of, of what you do. For example, like magic drop. I don't think any judge will ever know when that magic drop happens. And so like, I don't, I don't understand the trick of magic drop because you can't see the thing that happens. You just feel it when you're doing the trick. It's kind of an example. Like you never see that from the audience's perspective. Um, but another example is if you do a trick that you post on Instagram or TikTok or something and you ever hit the slow-mo button before you post it, that I don't think would be a good trick to do for a live audience because that thing that's slow-mo that you're trying to emphasize, real people can't see or else you wouldn't have had to put no. it into slow-mo. Yeah. It's like you're either trying to show off that one element really badly or it doesn't look that good besides in slow-mo. Yeah, so, exactly. So yeah, I see what you mean. But yeah, I, I think you don't have to do that, but I think recording yourself is really beneficial because you get to see Absolutely. exactly what your routine looks like from somebody else's eyes, not just your, your own. And then also send it to people. Let people watch it. Like people you can trust not to like, obviously spread it, like just spread it everywhere. But like people that are better than you, some of the people that are same level, some people that are maybe not like not worse, but just don't like do well as well, placing wise. Like always get different opinions because maybe someone will see something that like you they you beat them every contest, but they'll see something like oh that was such a weird movement there you did. Someone will, everyone will see something. Someone will have a different opinion on it. Some people will be like oh that's really good. Some people will help, but always getting opinions on stuff is very important, especially if you want to get better at competing it's ne never no no one will like unless they're like kind of like not the best person but no one will ever turn down watching somebody and helping somebody absolutely and something that i want to emphasize that um uh i, I learned this from discourse and magic jonah babbins he talked about how easy it is to to like talk to the biggest magicians and i'm realizing it is very easy to talk to the biggest yo-yoers uh you can hit up evan and he will probably respond to you. Uh, even though he's world champion Evan Nagao, he'll, he'll, he'll be like, oh, yeah, I'm, uh, hey, how's it going? Um, and the perfect example is Bella Freestyling. This is just what I was thinking about while you were talking about. Uh, her Instagram is, or their Instagram is B-E-L-L-A-F-R-E-E-S-T-Y-L-I-N. Uh, they went from like 200 followers to now a thousand and four followers they're 13 years old and all their videos are it's 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 the classic like tiktok format that's become really yeah. popular and evan and brandon and gentry and uh and weston and like all the all the tiktok yoyors took note that that this that that they're like trying to to make this this great yo-yoing and all these TikTok yo-yoers are like blowing, blowing up this account now and, and commenting and talking to Bella and like doing all this stuff with, with this, this yo-yoer. And now Bella's landing like neck stoles and, and like giant tricks and really hard tricks. I think they did a, a double DNA, only other person besides Evan to be able to do that. Or I think the second person. 
I think Betty's done it now too. But anyway, uh, so like that's a perfect example is this is a 13 year old who put it out there of like, this is what I'm doing. I'm going to commit to this. I'm going to start getting the attention of the biggest yo-yoers. And they did. They absolutely did. So if, if Bella can do it, you can also do it no matter who you are, no matter what age you are, no matter how good you are. Um, and you can get the attention and the feedback from any yo-yoer that you want. You can just reach out to them. Yeah, I think people don't realize how welcoming the yo-yo community is. Obviously not yeah. everybody that but literally maybe 99% is like so easy to talk to so open or like we'll talk yeah. to anybody they're cool people yeah like I think it's funny because like I've seen people get like excited to see yo-yoers and I was like just go talk to them they're human too like they're yeah. just like be extremely happy that you like loved their freestyle for maybe like a year or two ago or like the one that just happened maybe a month ago yeah but yeah they they Yo yoers like that stuff, and then you can make friendships out of that. Like I, I remember when I went. This is like an example. I went to when I went to nationals. I was just yo yoing, and I was watching this kid yo yo. I don't remember his name. It was like him and his friend, and they're like, I was just watching them yo yo. I didn't really like. I like watching just people yo yo because like you don't see it every day, so it's like fun to watch. Yeah. And I remember they're like Chris, and I was like, Yeah, what's up? Like, dude, you're so good. And I was like, Oh, thanks. And I just like had a full conversation with them they're they're good kids like they were my like fans of me but yeah. so easy to talk to people like they just talked to me and then i'm now like talking about other things other than yo-yoing now <laughs> yeah like, you know we're real real humans too i'm not the most famous person but it's like other yo-yoers like evan i've talked to i've had full conversations with evan and gentry yeah that had to do with yo-yoing <laughs> so like just hanging out as humans <laughs> Yeah, they're good. They're just normal yeah. people. They're really good at what they do. Yeah. It, it always boggles my mind. I, I think there's an interesting thing that doesn't get used, which is common in theater, which is having a director. Like, that's just a standard thing in, in theater. I think, or what's your opinion? Like, have you ever gotten, because you're, you're getting feedback from people, right? When you send out those videos or when you show yeah. your freestyle to someone, do you ever consider, is there someone that you almost call a director that you have that kind of relationship with? Um, these days, I used to uh, I used to talk to Remy Baskin, Blaze Becker, and Luke Chowine immediately. Because those were the three people where it was like, they're doing good in competitions. And they have a relatively understanding of the new judging. Um, I always used to go to them every time. Like, I'll still go to them. But like, not as much because it's like, still trying like i want to get more opinions than just those three people because everyone's different i mm -hmm. live late uh polo you know who polo is polo know polo. everybody yep. knows who that is you say then i didn't have to say his last name probably you probably knew exactly who i was talking yeah. about um as of late him and jonathan satangang are the two people i immediately think of for help with freestyles because they have the spectrum of like you know that they're in asia they have the the strict judging over there like yeah. crazy straight. So if there's something that they see that would feel like probably wouldn't be good or like something that may be lacking, they'll tell me. And I tell them, don't hold back. Just tell me. Like if this is something that you don't think is good, just tell me. It's way to improve. I like when people criticize my things. It's like, I can't just be like, oh, wow, that was so good. That was amazing. And then get like maybe like 10th place and be like, I thought it was really good and amazing. No one gave me any critique. I didn't know how to get better. <laughs> I love when 
tell me like, oh no, this like that was good. There's some things you need to work on that could mm. cost you. And then yeah, like they'll they'll do that. And I, I can't ever be mad at someone trying to help you, you know? Like even if it seems kind of like mean sometimes, it's like they're not being mean. They're just trying to help. Like this yeah. is something prove. So those two I definitely go to like as like a I guess a mentor in a way. Those two. And then I have other people I like like I still talk to Remy plays luke doesn't yo-yo as much anymore but maybe he'll come back <laughs> but um those two i still like to talk to i i like getting opinions from like people that have like asian asia scoring and then people over here in the u.s you know like, it's different everything's different so yeah it's it's interesting i think i've been talking to various people I don't know what was on the podcast and what was just a conversation at this point, but uh, a lot of people are kind of, I'm picking up that it's good to get the, the broadest set of opinions from different people who are around the world, because if you want to compete at the world level, you can't just sit in your own region and figure out the judging system there. You have to know the whole world's Everything. opinion. Everyone's different. Asia. Yeah. Europe, US, every other region that has like relative competitive yo-yoing, there's yeah. going to be a style of judging there. It's just how it works. Like if you go to the US, you can see it at Worlds. Like in like Asia, you see a lot of like Japanese, maybe a few like Chinese players will make finals that you've you've heard of and you think like, oh, this guy easy make finals anywhere else. And they go to US and they don't make finals. Like it's such mm. different judging. That's why you had to get a large spectrum and have like a knowledge of basically worldwide how the judging works. That's why Gentry Evan, like, I don't know if you know this, you know how Gentry won Worlds in 2014? He went to yeah. Japan and studied there yo-yo wise mm -hmm. abroad, like good yo-yoers. And now he's always placing in the top 10 at Worlds, winning most of it. So it's like, that's why I like, I give Gentry a lot of props for what he does because it's like he took the time he grinded it out and now he's where he is mm. yeah dude he's i think that's a a, a really important thing that uh that just like traveling and seeing different uh -oh. different opinions and and different sides of yo-yoing and even different performance styles i think that's all really important yeah like even in the u.s there's three different regions and they all score like not different but they scored their own way so it's like yeah crazy yeah that's that's awesome so so let's get into kind of you're talking earlier about practicing um and practicing in front of a camera uh how i i think you mentioned something uh when we we're talking a few days ago that you sort of practice like it's the real thing rather than yeah. like rather than just like practicing to practice but i think you made a comparison to to practice recording yourself like you're recording a scales competition could you kind yeah. of go into that yeah so i when i record myself i try to make it seem like this is what it's going to feel like on stage but mm -hmm. i don't know if any of you feel like this I know you're being, you know, you're being recorded on stage, but there's like a difference between recording on stage and then in your like living room or room. It's like, I can never hit anything. <laughs> so like when I'm recording in my room, 
but so the way I, I see it is this should be recorded like it's going to be judged, mm-hmm. like a judge this because they they most likely will if you're sending it around unless you're just trying to see what it looks like. But I try to pretend like I'm on stage almost, maybe not exactly because it could be still new and I'm just testing the waters, but I want to hit everything just so somebody can judge it in like the best manner possible because you don't want to like yeah. sense as like a bunch of mistakes and like I can't judge this like, I don't really understand like you messing up a whole bunch but yeah like you know like scales like basically online scales like the contests are just like if everybody went clean this is what it would look like yes <laughs> which would never happen because it's like almost impossible for that to happen but that's basically what it is and i try to hit it where to a, like a point where it's like even if i have like a little a flub there here and there you can still understand what i'm doing what i was trying to do so yeah. recording it obviously it's really annoying to do <laughs> yeah this is a thing to do you gotta like make sure this is like okay i really want this person to see it but i need to have basically a almost perfect run so everyone can like really understand what i'm trying to do mm-hmm. and what i can improve on because it can't really help somebody like if they're like messing up on the part that you can't really tell what's going on so you want to make sure everybody could see it but yeah just record it like it's if it's like a, a contest or you're at a contest even when practicing i pretend i'm on stage all the time when i'm like i visualize that i'm on stage because it's like one day it's going to be on stage. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think there's a few things there. One is like just visualizing and you've brought this up a few times. Um, yeah. What do you, what do you mean by that? And kind of like, what's your process of getting into that mindset? So there's like two things I visualize. Well, visualizing when I'm practicing is pretending mm-hmm. that I have a whole audience in front of me. This judges like cookers ready to start scoring me. These are like, getting yourself nervous so when you're on stage you know what the feeling's like and you can yo-yo because like if you're ner- like you've, i don't know if you ever yo in front of like a crowd just to yo-yo it's a little different being judged but it still has the same nerve feeling like it's like oh this yeah. is like a button. but it's kind of like like just getting yourself into the mindset of just like pretending you're on stage to mm-hmm. get the there so you can you because when you when you're on stage and you're nervous compared to practicing in your room there's like two different things like you, yeah it, you're still doing the same yo-yo I mean, like it's there's nothing different but it feels like it almost feels like you're kind of like not there yo-yoing when you're yo-yo it's like you're watching the performance almost yeah but you're watching from your point of view but yeah. um is that yeah, when I think, in your room or when you're performing do you mean like when you're performing like on stage you almost forget that you're the one controlling like i don't know if that's ever happened to you before it's just like no, oh my god you, you lose yourself do. in the moment yeah. you own it you better never let it go <laughs> all that it's you know eminem sorry <laughs> oh yeah i heard you do exactly <laughs> but uh i think the yeah it's important to kind of get like pre- like know that there's going to be nerves and you can practice with it a big thing is in front of you, like your family. Like they might not know what's going on, but there's eyes on you. Yeah. It's made for the nerves. And, uh, and I think if you have yo-yo in your region, 
practice in front of them because I don't have the like that luxury of having a yoyo next door like a lot of my friends in the east coast since like relatively close in the area like it's a smaller like states and stuff like that there's closer like you know cali's huge <laughs> everywhere's like so like spread out but um you have that opportunity to drive like maybe 20 30 minutes just to see your friends and especially if all your you are like going to the contest want to do good i think it's really important to just like show their routine show their routine to them get the nerves have them score you if they have clickers you know get them all get them all feeling that get get the feeling of like oh god i'm being judged right now yeah <laughs> visualizing that's important one like, of my favorite memories from nats is it was me and i think Aaliyah and isaac and chris and we we're all just kind of hanging out together and uh we we, I think we were in the Duncan hotel room actually. And yeah, yeah, yeah it was because because Chris is on Duncan. And and we <laughs> we just like took turns going up and and doing our routines and but for each other and with the timer, with the music on. I think that's something that if you don't do that or you haven't done that, because I remember I used to do that. I took a complete break from going to competitions for a long time, yeah. really separated myself from it. I forgot that that's something that happens. And it's such a it's such a good feeling to know, like these people are now watching me do my thing for this set amount of time. And it's as close as you can get to the to replicating it. And whether you get that from other yo-yoers or you do it in front of your family, like you're saying, or you go to an open mic, um, like all of those are really good chances to go out and and do the thing because you're you're not able to do it otherwise you don't really get that feeling of being in front of people and you're not able to have sort of a basic a basis like a, a nugget of reality to base your visualizations off of if you haven't been in front of actual people and you know what that feeling is like and you get used to it and you get used to the feeling of being in front of a crowd and you kind of get what they respond to um, and the only way you can really learn it is by being there and doing it. And one yeah. other thing before I finish this rant is it's good to record those as well so that you can go back and watch those. Something that all the best stand-up comedians do, and same with magicians, is they record all their performances. And they force themselves to watch those performances so that they can see not only this is what my performance looked like, but this is the moments where the audience responded and now I'm going to take those points and emphasize those even more and try to figure out how I can do more of that sort of stuff, uh, even though it's very painful watching yourself on tape. Oh, it, it, I cannot watch my freestyles, but you have to. Okay. <laughs> if yep. I get better, you have to. Like, you're excited, like, oh, everybody watch this, but you're like, I don't want to watch it, though. <laughs> yeah. It's also interesting watching it right after it happens and then watching it a few days later like it's always full, yeah it's a totally different totally different viewing experience yeah i remember watching my nats and i was like dang that was like decent and then i watched it again and i was like i have a lot of things to work on <laughs> oh yeah that's crazy that was the same with mine i watched it the first time right after it happened and it, it was fully improvised kind of routine and like i messed up uh immediately i immediately got a knot <laughs> But I played with that and I, I was like doing uh, tricks with a dead yo-yo. And so right after it happened, I'm like, man, that's so cool. I got to improvise and do dead yo-yo tricks on stage and people were liking it. And so I'm like watching my video thinking all that stuff. And then yesterday I rewatched it. I'm like, 
damn, you know, next time I really wish I would have not gotten a knot immediately so I could have done some more tricks with the yo-yo spinning. Like that would have been another cool thing, but I'm happy it happened that other way. But damn, I, I really got to work on not getting a knot immediately. <laughs> yeah, it's like that thing that I, I didn't happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you kind of, it's the, you- the feeling of like getting separation from that you're now watching it as an outside observer because you're kind of watching yourself, you know, two or three weeks ago or two or yeah. three years ago. And now you're a different person than you were when it happened. Yeah. So it's really good to record yourself. It's also, I always save my, I have like unlisted videos on my YouTube yeah. of just freestyles that I either never did or I did already, but I hit them like cleaner than I did on stage or maybe about the same. And then I'll watch it. And I'm like, That's so weird. I don't even do that anymore. Like, <laughs> Because this stuff I don't do anymore. I was like, it's, it's good to keep track of all that stuff. Cause you, you always have, like, you always like think like, at least for me, like, I always think I'm like, my yo-yo is decent, but I can always work on stuff. And like, it always changes through like the times. Cause that's what, when you're competing then. So you have to kind of just do that, kind of like change with the times or yeah. happen because of you. Like, you know how like top players are like, like Gentry, Evan, they don't really do the meta. They make the meta. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, it's something that they made. Yeah. Or like, say, good example, like Takeshi. Takeshi does no meta, but there's tricks that he'll do that everyone does. You know why? It's because he made it. <laughs> yeah. He made what you're doing. He's the meta meta. <laughs> he's the, he's very, uh, the place you go to steal all the, the double met, the double click meta stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of tricks like that, which is like a good for a good outlet to learn stuff because he's got some different stuff. <laughs> he's a very, uh, you know, everyone knows who Takeshi is, obviously. Yeah. Um, oh, I had something to say. I totally forgot it. <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's all super important stuff. It's like, yeah, I think we covered it. Man, so that's, I think that ticks off the box of just like practicing like it's the real thing every time, keeping recordings yeah. of it. Um, so we, important to go clean. Gives you a little bit of that nerve. <laughs> so you know how to yo-yo when it's like you have nerves. Make yourself yeah, calm. Absolutely. So, so there is sort of that that talk of the meta and i think it's something that comes up a lot first of all yeah. how would you define that word meta meta is just kind of like efficient tricks that are relevant today because okay. like i don't i've never really had a problem with it obviously i could see the like like okay it's just not the most fun to watch this trick happen a lot but um yeah, it, it's always going to be around. It's like inevitable in anything sport related or anything competitive related. There's always going to be something that's better than like the other. It's like, you know, like when a magician does like, like you like say like magician does like card tricks. Mm-hmm. But I think what makes a great, a great yo-yoer is doing something that's relevant in your own way. It's like mm-hmm. I, really important to, to ask, like to know because you can always add little things to make it score better or just make it look better, score the same. Uh, it's always important to do that because it's like you see all these top players, like they'll do like meta combos, but you're like, oh, they do it in this way. This is their version. of. It. They're not just like copying and pasting a trick that somebody made years ago because 
you, you kind of start off that way learning how to score you kind of just like look at these tricks and you're like okay these are tricks that score i should do them but you know you start competing more you start getting places that are like you made finals but you get like 13th in finals it's like not the best place in the world or like yeah. maybe like fifth something that's like you're not extremely happy with but you're like i made finals but then you start realizing like i need to start doing my own stuff <laughs> like it, this kind of like becomes that so you have the idea of what scoring is and then you use the meta to make your own tricks kind of like based off the scoring but you can make it look like your own thing yeah. i think that's really to know that meta that is not the worst thing in the world i know it's not the most creative thing but it's just it's inevitable in anything competitive it doesn't yeah. matter what it you know it will always be better than something else like i i know nothing about figure skating but i know that the triple axle isn't going anywhere yeah i don't it's even like, know what a triple axle is but i know I mean, it's you, not going anywhere yeah. <laughs> i don't know what it is either i don't really do that much of that stuff but i <laughs> a meta for it <laughs> yeah 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 um so that's uh uh-huh i think it's important to understand what it is you don't technically have to do it you can always just build yourself you can learn those tricks never do them on stage just build just build off of it but i think it's important to know what meta so, is um there's two things that that made me think about one is doing something versus performing something. So like you were saying, doing it in your own way uh, and adding your own flair and your own style, but also not just doing the trick, but performing that trick and something that uh, Gentry said in his workshop, which I only got the last like five to 10 minutes of. I wish I would have been there for more, but I'd gone to lunch and just got back. Anyway, um, it was... The, the difference between like doing a trick and actually performing that trick. And the example he gave was an Eli hop. And so he did an Eli hop and then he performed an Eli hop. And one of those, he just like did the trick exactly as it's written in the textbook. And then in the, the other one, when he was performing it, he, he like really leaned into it and he made it look a lot more difficult than it was. And clearly that's not a hard trick for him. Uh, yeah. But he was able to, like add some flair to it and add his own style and like looked at the audience while he was doing it and held himself in such a way that it was clearly that's gentry's eli hop and yeah. uh, zach gormley's eli hop might be very different and my eli hop would be very different and your eli hop would be very different because <laughs> we all have our own little approaches and little techniques um it's almost like those i don't know semitones in in music i don't actually know music theory but i know like there's small little changes in how people can play a note that can totally change how that note is stylistically for that musician making that note on their guitar that they yeah. like. And that's like, oh, Carlos Santana's G chord or whatever. I know nothing about music at all. Uh, ask my brother, he actually knows music. But anyway, you kind of get what I'm saying is it's these little tiny yeah. things that are very subtle that you can change to really, really add performance value to tricks. And going beyond like, an Eli hop like, could really change how you do a longer combo. Sorry, ranting, go yeah. on. It almost makes it look like it's your trick. Yes. Because <laughs> I, 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 I have a trick that I did not make at all that people call my trick. There's like a couple <laughs> like a bind it's like the bind. I, I can just do it for you really quick but okay. it's this it's this one right here 
someone thought I made that just because they, they said, oh, that looks really cool. Like, I've never seen, I've never seen anybody do it like that. But I just, all I did was let the string go sooner <laughs> just to make it look like the loop kind of like whoops around by itself. So, so that's a, uh, for people listening who know basic yo-yo notation, start in a trapeze, you're going to do a positive y-axis rotation of the yo-yo, throw it into the string that's going between your hands, and then that's the bind. Uh, so like that, that's basically how you're doing it. You're going around, positive y-rotation, and then binding straight from there. Uh, yeah, I think that covers how, how it works. Um, and if you don't know basic yo-yo notation, soon I'm going to be doing a video on it and giving that away for free for people who sign up for my for my uh, for my newsletter. Sorry to advertise based off your trick, but I do love that bind. Um, also, maybe I'll I'll have you send me a video and I can post it onto my Instagram uh, yeah. or onto your Instagram. But anyway, so so you're doing that slightly differently than anyone else. Now people are kind of thinking that that's your bind. <laughs> Yeah, I've had someone say like, oh, when did you make that? And I was like, I never made this. I just like learned this. <laughs> this is not my trick. They're like, I've never seen that before. And I showed like, I'd like, oh no, this is really old actually. This is a old vine. Mm -hmm. And and I was like, people usually do it like this, but I do it like this. I just have a little element. I, I just add it. I only added it because like the other way I get a knot all the time. I'm like, okay, oh. this is something. So what I did is I just like, kind of like swing my body this way. And I let the string go right when it's like the yo-yo is like ready to be right about here because it's at the point the string and the yo-yo is lined up. So it just binds cleaner. Mm. Kind of like moving away. I never really noticed it until I did it on stage. And I was like, wow, that does look like I made that. I don't think, I, I don't think I've ever <laughs> seen it before. So I get what you mean by that. <laughs> it's just one of those subtle little things. Um, so there's another thing. Uh, which is sort of the why it's important to 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 record, and this was the thing that I uh, thought of earlier and then couldn't remember. Um, it, it was that uh, that that saying of like when you hear about someone who's really good and someone says, "Oh, they've forgotten more than I've ever learned." That's a genuine thing. Um, I've only been doing this for twelve years, and I go back and watch old videos, and I'm like, "Oh man, I don't, I haven't done that trick in years." The, the, yeah. the meta has changed or my style has changed and now I don't do those tricks anymore. So having a record of those is super important to go back and relearn them. When you say that, there's an old video and there's one trick in there. I don't remember how to do it. Yep. I have no idea. But I look at that trick and I'm like, one day I'll relearn this, but I have no idea how I made this because it's something that I would never do. And I was just like, yeah. I didn't even thought about this. There's always 100%. forgotten. I have a whole video of those five minutes of tricks called point a <laughs> on a youtube channel called y axis which was a uh, it was a you know another preliminary to illinks um, that never took off uh and so like i it's just all these tricks that i used to do i don't remember how to do a single one of them <laughs> i see Man. that totally happens so uh, we were talking a few days ago also about body control. Could you kind of define what that is and how you use that? Um, body control is just like how you make yourself, it's how you look on stage. Because mm -hmm. there's always good examples of like just making it look professional. Like I think the best example is probably like 
Gentry and Patrick Canny. Because, like, you know, Canny, he'll, like, sometimes stand there, but then he'll, like, move his body in a certain way when he's doing a trick to make it look better. Like, when you yeah. do a horizontal, lean back, have one of his legs push, like, kind of, like, having all the weight, like, kind of like this, and, uh, like, in the, the, like, kind of, like, leaning back. He has one leg forward, one leg back. And that's good body control because he's controlling his body to make ready for the next trick. That it's probably a horizontal combo because of the way he looks. And then it's like little things when it's like you can also move you move your body as you're yo-yoing. So it's like mm-hmm. people do this. They'll do like a hop, like a in a front combo, a front style combo, and they'll like push their leg out as well. So it's like their body's also moving with the yo-yo and it's like really controlled. So it's good body control. And then like, it's also how, I guess, how you stand when you're yo-yoing. Cause you don't want to just like stand straight, look awkward, just kind of yeah. be up there. Cause like, if you have like a little lean down, like, and if you're going to stand like straight, obviously have like a little bit of a wider stance. You want your legs together. It just looks weird. I guess you just look awkward. Like I said, a little while back, when you just have a look awkward is probably like, the worst thing to do mm-hmm. and also make it look like it's also like believe it or not it's also like you know your facial expressions like if you mess up you want to shake your head or like be like uh like like or just like or like shocked that you missed something because that's 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 a part of your body so it's like you want to make you want to make it basically professional like if you mess up just be like just don't know facial expression just like look and now you can recover it and then keep going don't it's don't like make it yeah look confident up there that's what people like or at least look and it's like oh and then i think this is another important one that uh maybe not the most important but i think it's important is when you have your music make it your mood about your music if you're gonna have a, yeah. a joyful song like like smile and all that stuff or like a hype song get like just like make sure you look like excited to do up or if you have like a like a good example is like Patrick Kenny's PNWR 2020. He used probably one of the saddest songs ever made. He didn't smile once. He didn't really do much. He just kind of like put his tone with the music. And it felt like, yeah. it felt like it was like, it was like, oh, this is, feels like, oh God, this is like really good. This is kind of, I don't really know how to explain that, but it, it just felt the like drama the, versus comedy. Yeah, basically. It yeah. felt like the, and the music were like one almost. It's like mm-hmm. I think that's really that's when it shows a good performer and when it feels like the music and the yo-yo are one, like it looks like they're together, and the way he controls the yo-yo, he pushes his body, it looks like he's a part of the music basically, and that's like part of a uh, body control. I think is really important. I think the best example is Patrick Canny, honestly. I think for anybody that's like wondering, like he doesn't do too much, but he does just the like, like he doesn't do like too much like stuff where it's like out of the ordinary because gentry does a lot like he does a lot of movements like yeah. he'll move his yo-yo like like you know how, like you said like present presentation or like making it look like his own he'll like you know like if you someone does like a triangle like the cross arm one like where it's it just like in a whip now on but gentry will go like move his body like in a way where yeah. it's like oh that's that's good control over the body and you know that's basically what body control is but as always, there's more not like professional, like judging like that. I just have my like good idea of what everything is. And that's basically what it is. It's obviously that, probably, mm-hmm. but that's what I know. <laughs> that's really interesting going down to 
your face being a part of your body. Like I don't really think oh, yeah. about that until you I, I I didn't think about that till you mentioned it. It's, it's like these little things that seem so obvious, but clearly the face is part of your body. And a lot of yo-yoers don't take facial expression into account. Like they're like, oh zoning, that that's what I have to do. I have to make sure it's in different parts of my body. But then they don't consider like where you're looking and what facial expression you are and the mood matching the tone of the music and considering that the yo-yo tricks that you choose are going to have a certain tone to them as well. Like they're going to have an emotional tone. Eli Hop has a very different tone than like boingy boing, you know, like <laughs> one is almost like exciting and going up and rising and fighting gravity. And the other one's like repetitive and, and angrily and, and there's different ways and styles of doing those tricks even, but um, anyway, you always I, find, I think it hit you off a little. Yeah, it's always finding your own thing because I don't, I don't think I can ever give advice on like body control because you kind of have to figure that out on your own. Yep. Yeah, I can give you a poor example of somebody that does it really well, but you're going to always have to find your own way to do it. Yeah. So because <laughs> you'll like try it and it may feel weird for you but it's just like the stepping stone to finding out what body control you like to do. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Um, man, so uh, another thing that we talked about the other day was kind of, I don't really know how to put it. It was like casual practice. Do yeah. you, do you kind of, could you kind of go into what you mean by that? Casual practice is kind of like when you're yo-yo, when you're doing tricks that you probably would do on stage. Not like the big, I don't really do big tricks casually. That's when I do the big tricks is like serious, like arm combos, horizontal. Those are like, I'm practicing. <laughs> yeah. Or like I'm up updates. But like when the tricks like you have up there, like maybe like it's a meta combo or it's like a trick that you know that's like I want on there. It's like just casually doing it just to feel comfortable with it. It's like practicing without practicing. Kind of. Yeah. It's like you're practicing the trick, but you're just you're doing it for fun. Sort of so that, practice. Yeah. And it's like that trick almost becomes second nature if you do it long enough. Okay. It's like I have a couple of tricks. Like my first trick in my nationals, that trick is the most autopilot trick I've ever made. Like for <laughs> me, I can do that trick just casually all the time. But on stage, it's different, obviously, but it feels like I get like I'm confident enough where I I have this trick. It's easy for me to hit. So it's like it's just like just from like casual casually yo-yoing and it, it set, i think that stems a lot with execution too because it's like most of the time i feel like people just do tricks for fun and then they have their contest tricks that they never do but then they look not like i wouldn't say they look bad but they don't look as well executed as somebody that practices their yo-yoing casually and does all their normal tricks all the time that's I, uh, I, uh -huh. that's how i that's how i came up with better execution that's kind of how I tend to expand out my web of tricks is like, I'll have a concept and I'll have a yo-yo in my pocket. And like, as I'm walking from the parking lot to my office, I will, and it used to be between classes or like whatever, yeah. uh, whatever liminal time you have, that's just like between, you're not really doing anything. I like to fill that time with yo-yoing. And so that's why I think it's so important to have a yo-yo in your pocket all the time and to have a yo-yo that you can always have in your pocket. Uh, yeah. Oh, am I advertising the melatonin again? Whoopsies. Uh, anyway, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, but, but it is important to always have a yo-yo with you, whatever yo-yo that is, uh, because then you can 
explore that and do that passive practice. And I'll usually like have a concept that I'm working on for a day. And then I'll maybe take a break from work, take a walk around campus or wherever it is that I'm working. I just changed jobs. Uh, and I, I actually haven't found the place that I want to walk around at the new place because <laughs> yeah. it's at universal. And so like, do I walk around the back lot and then like a bunch of tram people are going to see me on the back lot tour. And then I'm like going to get fired for trying to be an entertainer there. So I'm, I'm still figuring that out. But anyway, um, wherever you end up walking and taking your breaks, like it's super important to, to find your tricks and to explore outwards of wherever it is that you are um, so that you can, to, you can keep up and create sort of a, a batch of tricks that you know that you can hit every time. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I think we all kind of do that automatically, but I like this podcast because we can talk about stuff that we sort of do automatically and get it out there. I feel like everyone kind of does that though. It just kind of like has a yeah. trick. They like, cause like, there's always like when someone's like, show me a trick, there's, there's that one trick that you're like, okay. And then you do the trick and you're like, yeah, this is, this is the trick I can probably hit. Like, well, like, I think it's funny because what I consider autopilot trick is a trick. It's like, it's, it's like do this or so-and-so will happen. And you do that trick. Mm. You have to, that's to me, that's like an old base, like the closest thing to an autopilot. It's so like, where it's you like, can do it no matter what, every time, like no matter the consequence, I can do it. Obviously there'd be like, it's a little different if it was like real, like you'd be nervous, but, but. Okay. It's, Land that trick right now that you can do for nationals. That first trick that you do. Uh, or else you have to send me one of your grasshoppers. Basically, it's like no. That. Do it, do it right now. You've been challenged. The gauntlet's oh, on the ground. God, I, I actually probably gonna mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> I can try. Let's see. The yoyo is not snagged. Dude, this is a little more nerve wracking, bro. Hope the wind doesn't mess me up here. Yeah, you got a fan blowing. Yep. Okay, that was perfect. That was perfect. You got it. There was, I think there was a little, little mistake, little lack of control somewhere for one second, but everything else was perfect. And take it till you make it. Yeah, it looked great. That's a good trick. Yeah, I, it's not like I messed up. I just didn't hit it the way I usually do. So I was like, yeah. I guess I could have messed up. But you can roll with it. Yeah. Yeah. That looked good. That That's a really good trick. That's a hard trick, too, to be an autopilot kind of a trick. Yeah, it's long <laughs> for some yeah. reason, it's, but it's a, it's, a, it's a trick I really enjoy. That's interesting because that's very different than the kind of tricks that I generally do on autopilot. Um, like my tricks are very swing based. And so often I'll just do like follow combos or a uh, like a just like revolution sort of combo. Um, that That tends to be what I like to do or front style. I'll do my front style combos and just like, do different protrusions and boingy boing uh, variations and stuff. I, I like to do those sort of when I'm walking around. Yeah, it's very I easy like doing front style while walking forward. Yeah, because because it's actually it's actually good practice too. Because most of the time people walk in style. But um, yeah, no, it's like front style is probably one of those tricks that I feel like everyone can kind of like do, <laughs> just like do yeah. it. <laughs> you just whip out your your front style routine. Plus it's um, like good audience too because it's fast. <laughs> People there, like that. There is something I want to point out, which is when you're starting out, it's almost like at our level. Uh, 
it's the way I'll put it is, and I don't know why I want to put it like this, but I do. Uh, the way stand-up comedians start talking about their comedy at a certain level is like, oh, I'm going to go do five minutes. I'm going to go do 20 minutes. Whereas when I do comedy, I am at the level of like, I can go find a set that I recorded, find the jokes that I liked from it, put those together. And now I have uh, like 20 jokes. And so I'm like, all right, I have these 20 jokes. I can maybe go, I'm just doing this because my, my friend who's a comic is staying at my house right now. And, <laughs> and we've been talking about this. Whereas he is now at the level because he's been like out and touring and doing shows and and he's headlined a few times and like he's like out and doing actual comedy. And so now he's just like, oh yeah, I'll go do five minutes. So the way that we talk about yo-yoing is like, oh yeah, we go do our yo-yoing. I'm going to go do some yo-yoing right now. Whereas a beginner, and I remember this feeling and you probably do too, when you're just starting and someone says, oh, show me some yo-yo tricks in your head. You're like, oh shoot. What's the five tricks that I can do for this person? I'm going to do Eli hop. All right. I've done Eli hop. Now I'm going to bind. Now I'm going to do green triangle. All right. I've landed green triangle and now I'm going to bind. <laughs> and so like, there's a very different kind of approach to yo-yoing as you improve to the level of, and I just want to call this out because it's, it's the water that we swim in of like, we're like, oh yeah, yeah we do our yo-yoing. We're going to do some yo-yoing. And then we do some yo-yoing. Whereas other people who are in their first six months of yo-yoing who are listening to this might still be in that phase of I'm going to yeah. do my trick and I'm going to bind. And both of those are fine. And slowly you'll start to get past that level. And I'm just starting to do this with close-up magic is it, I'm getting out of, I'm going to do this trick and then this trick and then this trick. It's I'm going to do some magic for this person pick a card and now let's see what happens. Let's go through yeah. a bunch of different routines and I can, I know enough that I can expand and improvise and move to different stuff. And I'm just starting to get there in magic. I'm definitely there in yo-yoing and I'm not there at all in comedy. <laughs> Is what I, That's what I'm hitting on. So. I remember the days of just like, okay. I yeah. think I, there's like th tricks I need to show people. But these days I just yo-yo, no, there's a trick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just, oh yeah, I'll do a trick for you. I'll do some stuff for you. I just, you just that better to the casual eye, I guess. Like a speed combo or something like that. Yeah, people love speed combos. People love yeah. boingy boings. Hit up the, really uh, like the, the Doc Pop episode. He uh, he and I, he, he's got like, he's got it down to a science of the stuff that he likes to do. He has like five tricks that he likes to do for an audience and it all builds. It's just like a little routine that we'll do. Been around for a while, so he definitely knows what he's doing. <laughs> he knows his stuff. I love Dog Pop. Man, so uh, there's a story that I just wanted to have. We're, we're kind of heading towards the end here. Uh, tell me about um, the nickname that Gentry gave you and how that came about. <laughs> Okay, so if you guys know who I am at all, you've probably seen the comment section or somebody call me Mr. Clean somewhere <laughs> April form. If you know who I am, if not, look at one of my videos. Like Nationals probably be the best. Even Evan called me that. But they're starting to put K instead of C since Sally spelled my name. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, so starting to do that, which is fine. But it's basically, I'll tell you like the whole story is... Back in 2018, 2019, I wasn't really like a top player yet. I was kind of like getting there. I was like trying to like basically prove myself that I can run with these people that are really good. And really, I, I remember in Arizona, I 
somehow didn't mess up the entire time besides one little mess up in the beginning is era not like beginning beginning it's probably my second throw i just missed the string that's all it was it didn't even like like have like a big mess up it's just like a negative and i was like okay whatever so the whole the rest of the freestyle not a single mess up nothing and gentry was judging that contest and i ended up winning it as my arizona state's win not from arizona by the way for some reason people think i'm from arizona i'm not <laughs> i'm from california but um this is like right over there i went over i ended up winning and it was big for me because i beat like hunter and hunters so, you know everybody knows who hunter fierce is he's really good yo he's like third right now in the u.s <laughs> but um i ended up beating him and i remember after the contest it was me colin ellingson and Hunter, we were just hanging out and Gentry walked up to me and he was like, dude, your performance was crazy. I haven't seen like an American like yo-yoing that precise in forever. It's usually like, you know, like it's like that's like Japan stuff. You know, like Asia, they like basically sometimes it feels like they're like flawlessly yo-yoing all the time. Yeah. Have you ever seen like Japan nationals or like Japan, like basically anything? they're like wow this is like precise and he was telling me that and he was like did you like mr clinging over here it's kind of just like never messing up and it seemed like a little joke but he at nationals that like maybe like maybe like a month later he he was telling me he was like dude it's like the mr clean never really left my head he's all like you care if i call you that and i was like not at all that's i can't really be upset when you're like the best you're the best at the time i don't think he was yet but he was at the best at one point it was before he won Worlds 2019, but he was like, I, I can't really be upset when one of the best waivers in the world is calling, giving me like a nickname, you know, it's not something I could really be upset at. And yeah. and it just stuck and everyone's been calling me that since. And I, I think it's good. It's mostly good. I think the only bad thing is you have to live up to expectation, but it doesn't like bug me enough. It's like, maybe it's like, it's like a goal now. It's like, okay, I got to do it for myself. But it, it does help get my name out there, I get like in some way, shape, or form. And uh it's 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 funny too. It's a funny thing. It's just like it's just like a it's like I, I look nothing like the actual like Mr. Queen person. <laughs> I quite the opposite actually. That's the funny part. I have yeah. you know, he's all clean cut, shaved, like everything, but I have a lot of hair and have a beard. So it's like I have everything yeah. basically. <laughs> but it's it's fun. And it's not even just like the going clean. He just said your yoyoing looks clean, so it's like that's why people yeah. call me that. So I obviously always have the nickname. I'll thank Gentry for it every time. And like every time he sees me, he always says that to me, and it's like it never goes away. So it, it's fun. It's a fun thing. I'll never be upset about it. It may be I a would, next. But it's cool. I would. I would love to see a yo-yo with an engraving of you standing exactly like Mr. Clean holding a uh, a yo-yo instead of the spray bottle and like smiling and it says like it's got the whole logo all written in the right font but with a k that would be so good if duncan sees this she has she has no what to do <laughs> yeah oh that would be the that'd be Hilarious. one of the greatest signature uh color or signature models <laughs> or, or uh, colorways Tell them to advertise it the best they can or put like a little <laughs> if like anything <laughs> Just make it full of soap bar, but have like a string around it. Yeah. That, uh, that'd be pretty cool. That'd if I ever wanted awesome. to. <laughs> Do it. That would be great way it's to lean I, into that marketing. 
okay i'll try to remember <laughs> yeah um so something else that we talked about is we know talking like you and also like even if it's hard to live up to that name you seem to still be able to do it and it doesn't seem to be affecting your ability to still land clean combos on stage i try like my best to like when i'm at the contest is like that's the name but we're gonna keep that away so it doesn't stress me out too much yeah because it's like i'm like oh you always say clean you're gonna be like well now i feel like i have to always do clean but it's and like you were, all, you were also saying that you do get nervous when you're oh, calling names extremely i get very nervous very easy i'm a very introverted person so going to just go to a contest be by myself on stage is probably mm -hmm. one of the, it's like an introvert's worst nightmare yeah <laughs> but there's a difference for me it's like i'm not talking i'm not doing much i'm just yo-yo i'm doing what i love to do so it's different for me but i get so nervous I, I don't, like, people tell me I look calm. I want you to know going on inside, I am freaking out. Like, I am trying to focus as hard as I can on the tricks, pretending that the person in the audience is not there. There's no judges. I'm just trying to be there. And talk uh, a little bit about when they're announcing the, the people who made it to finals. What's going through uh, your head when that happens? So if people don't know, if you don't know who I am or, like, not close to like close to me, like a friend of mine. You guys don't, if you if you know who I am, like a good friend, you'll know that no matter the contest, I will be nervous beyond belief until the results are called. It doesn't matter how small the contest or big it is. I, I could go flawless on stage, get off and be like, I hope I make it. That's literally every single, and people will tell me like, why are you nervous? Like you would just hit so well. It's just like, it, for me, I, I've been through the stages of never hearing my name ever for four straight years after trying so hard to the point where it's like, now it feels like a lot, like, it's like, I, I feel lucky to just even hear my name. Cause I know I've been there and I know people that don't hear their name probably get really disappointed, especially if you do well. Cause trust me, I've been there. It's not a good feeling, but you'll get there eventually. If you can. But it's, it's kind of like, <laughs> I think the funniest example of this, and I think we talked about this was chess to be classic. So, you know, like they renounced Prelimora first to bottom. And I hit relatively clean. Like it was like maybe minus two, which is like super clean. I'm not relatively, it's a really clean. But uh, I remember they did bottom to top. And that was probably the most nervous I've ever been in the prelim result because you usually do top to bottom. And if you do well, you hear your name early and you're like, cool. But they said, okay, this is going to be the prelim order. We'll say it instead of just doing it. I'm like, why would you do that? Because like, I, I was like in my head, I'm like, what if I get like, what if I just don't make it? Like, you know, like what if like, yeah. So I heard the last person and then they started announced, they kept announcing the names. I couldn't hear my name. I was like, uh, I was like, oh no, oh no. And then I hear my name. And that's like the biggest sigh of relief because I got first in prelims. Yeah, like, man. So I was like, oh my God, thank, thank goodness. <laughs> but it doesn't matter. It's, 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 it's nerve. <laughs> I think it's important for people to realize it doesn't matter how high up as a competitor you are in anything that you do. I mean, just one of the biggest turning points in my life was realizing how everyone is just as insecure as I am. Like yeah. 
every single person is super insecure. It is a human thing. It's not a you thing. Uh, and once you realize that, you can start to be like, when that insecurity crops up, you can be like, oh, okay, everyone else feels that way too. Uh, <laughs> like, and then you can go and comfort other people instead of like sitting there and try to comfort yourself. So like, I think that's a super important thing. It helps you to set that aside. And that's partly why I wanted you to talk about it. I'm so glad that you did. It's like, everybody feels that. Gentry feels that, I'm sure. Evan feels that, I'm sure. Maybe a little bit less now. <laughs> Everyone gets nervous because you don't, it's kind of like the, you don't know until you're, until it's done kind of thing. Like you can have an idea of what something's going to be, but you will never fully know until you hear the results or like in anything basically. So it's like you do like a job interview. Oh, I killed it. But like, what if they didn't kill it for them? Like, you know, it's like, yeah. what if it's different? Like, it, so it, it's in anything. And I, it, yeah, like I, I'm not like, obviously not the most grown up. I'm only 21. So mm -hmm. like you, as I've gone through life, I've realized, wow, everyone's a lot like me on being insecure about everything. Yeah. <laughs> it is real. Because the sooner you can learn that, the better. Yeah, no, it makes life a lot, like not life, but it makes a lot of things of like unexpected things a lot easier because everyone will feel the same way in that situation. You have to be the most confident person in the world to not know like how that feels. And I'm sure even the most confident people feel the same way, but they oh, put yeah. like a, they put like a poker face making like, oh, you know, it's fine. I knew I got it. But I always like, like to think about like, what do world leaders think about when they're going to sleep at night? Are they like, oh, I, I stumbled over that word in that speech. God damn, why did I Because do <laughs> you don't know. It's like, it's same yeah. with like actors, you know? Like if people, yeah. they, they, they're acting. And it's like, what if like they thought they killed it, but then someone's like, oh, this was like the worst movie I've ever seen. But it's like, yeah. it's like you overthink a lot, especially, especially, especially performing. You overthink so much, especially when you get off. You're like, oh, I feel like I did so good. But then like, what if somebody's like, oh, that was boring. Like, <laughs> this, is, this is important. This is something that improv teaches you that you might not learn if you don't do improv. Uh, the thing, one thing that I love about improv and the way, the best way I've ever heard it is that each improvisation is like tissue paper. It's, it happens and then you throw it away and it's gone. And that's why some improvisers hate being recorded because they don't want that performance to ever exist again, because then it breaks this thought of like, I'm here, I'm going to create something for the audience in that moment. It's going to exist right then. And then it's going to be gone. And that's really, even if you're not improvising what every performance is, it's all tissue paper, it's trash. You can, it's a sketch pad. It's not a finalized painting. That's going to be hung up at the Louvre. And even that like, is tissue paper because at the end of the day, the Mona Lisa is just another sketch that Leonardo da Vinci made. And it just happens yeah. to, it's people's reaction to it that gave it value. So like every piece of art that you do is, is it's just another piece of art that you can make another one. Uh, they are not important. And you don't really start to get that until you do a million improvisation scenes and you've done this character a million times. And you're like, oh, I'm going to bring this character back. And I was like, you don't really get that until you do that. And so like, bring that mindset to any performance that you do. Don't take anything too seriously. It's all tissue paper. It's all going to get crumpled up and thrown into the, 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 the art pile that you have. Any painter that you know probably has a stack of canvases. Any photographer that you know has a hard drive of photographs that they didn't edit because they're, because, you know, hard drives are cheap. 
when it comes yeah. to photography. It's true of all art, and it's, it's so, so important. Extremely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's also like, <laughs> you can take that and having a bad performance. No one's going to yeah. remember. No one's going to remember. Yeah. Uh, you have a bad performance, but people are going to remember your good performances, especially yeah. in your... Like if you have a breakout performance and you do bad the next contest, no one's gonna remember that contest because you can always just do better. Than exactly. So don't you don't remember ever, the don't successes. Ever, yeah, don't ever think like that's the freestyle. It's gonna like like that's your that's your freestyle. Like if you have a bad performance, something people are gonna be like, oh yeah, bro, yeah, but you fucked up like three years ago at a, a state contest. Yeah. But you won nationals. Like it's like no one's gonna no one's gonna care. It's like they're, they're gonna look at your national streets, they're not gonna look at your state one. Gonna, yeah. They'll watch it and they'll be like, oh, he messed up. That's not that's not his real skill. And then they like me, like I said, win nationals. That's their skill. Like you do good. The people are gonna remember your good performances. So uh, take everything with a grain of salt, especially if you do like not the best. Yeah. Man, that's <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I think that's a good place to to end actually. Um, so there's a few like final questions. The first one is we've talked about we've been talking for an hour and almost 40 minutes. Uh, we've said a <laughs> lot. If you were to sum up or if you wanted someone to take away one single point from this episode, what's that one thing that you want them to remember forever? I'll do one and you can do one. But um, you go first. I think uh definitely be just just especially if, like for any competitive yo-yo or somebody that's really want to be competitive it like what i said it's been it's like i took four years just to make finals it takes time it takes a lot of time you just, just let the process happen don't just think you'll make finals your first contest because like unfortunately like you're probably not going to and you just take it learn from it and keep going it might not be the next contest maybe not the next one but eventually you'll you'll figure something out someone will help you or you maybe you'll do it by yourself i don't know because everyone's different self-taught or like from other people just it takes time let it let the process happen because you're not a performer yet you're just yeah. you know stage right now <laughs> you're kind of just doing that you become a performer when you, you'll click with you one day and you'll you'll start getting it but it took me four years and I'm sixth in the US now. It may take you less and you'll become first in the US. I don't know. Or <laughs> you don't know. Like, yeah. It's different for everybody. I know people that made their first contest. I know people that haven't made finals yet for years. So it's like, oh, it yeah. just, it takes, let trust the process, have fun with it. It's a fun, it's a toy. It's not, it's not like a, we make it serious, but it's a lot less serious than it actually is. Actual examples, tangible examples. Ty Goldman was doing super good in contests when he was like 10 and I still haven't made finals. <laughs> That's like, like an example. <laughs> yeah. Everybody's different. You'll figure it out sooner than other people and you'll figure it out later. Just, just let it happen. You'll happen one day. 100%. If you, obviously, if you realize what you really want, you'll get it. Yeah. Um, and my thing that I'd, I'd use as a takeaway, I, I'm going to cheat and do two. One is visualizing, using visualization to, to get yourself used to being on stage and also filming everything that you do and performing and filming those performances and then competing and filming those competitions and doing it in your room and filming that and re-watching those and forcing yourself to watch it and critique and get direction. Like all that I think goes together 
and it's it, just it, like a system of getting better. Yeah, it, it's always getting better. And, and any sort of improvement's really good. It could be like the smallest improvement, but it's, it's still good. <laughs> yeah, there's that concept. Um, Lean Six Sigma, the, the whole core of that is continuous improvement. That's a, a thing that took off in the business world. That's like basically what I got my degree in. And it's, it's just continuously, it's something that Toyota did to become the, the best car manufacturer in the world in like the 70s. They just continuously improved their assembly line until they didn't have any mistakes anymore. Yeah, you start easy. bad, you slowly well, improve all things, and then you get you improve so many things that you don't have any things to improve anymore. Yeah, like I, I, I know it's like a very random example, but uh, I grew up around listening to the Beatles, and I don't know if you, I don't know how they came. Up. They came up by going to being the worst. I don't remember if it was like a bar or something, but they were like the worst band in that place. But they just kept going. They kept doing it till they were the best one there. And now they're historically known. So it's like that is everything. that is a story. Um, by the way, the Gavin Hubner episode, I couldn't think of a magician's name. His name is Lance Burton. Ah, <laughs> it took me, I realized it like right after I finished that episode. Um, but this is gonna come <laughs> out after that Gavin Hubner episode or Hubner episode. And he literally told me that story at a um I, I saw him lecture. He was like a big Las Vegas magician a long time ago. But when I was in the junior program at the Magic Castle, he talked about that story. I haven't forgotten it. It's um, it's Hamburg. They were in some bar in Hamburg and they went and they failed every night until they weren't bad anymore. And so he ended his lecture to a bunch of people who are now like famous magicians. Colin Key, for example, He's now a huge YouTuber for kids YouTube, yeah. but he started in America. He was there. And so he heard the same lecture. Uh, he was saying, find your Hamburg, go fail a lot. And then eventually you're going to fail so much that you don't fail anymore because now you're good. So like that is that, ah, God, sorry to, 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 to trample over because that was your thing. But I just, that was a story that I remembered. I totally forgot about it until you brought it up. And I'm so glad that you brought it up. I yeah, no, totally forgot that even happened. That's happened to me. I felt so many times to where it's like, okay, I just stopped failing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yo-yo wise, it's going to happen. You're going to fail eventually. Like I'm not going to go perfect every time, but yeah. It, it, it's to the point where it's like I, I can at least understand like I, I can do it now <laughs> yes oh and you're you're killing it I'm sure it won't be long till you're hitting top third uh top three in the nation slash world Maybe day. <laughs> yeah. One day. so next thing is plugs is there anything that you want to plug uh I know you're sponsored by Duncan so first of all huge yeah. shout out to Duncan Make you guys like, you look at Duncan stuff there's a lot of stuff coming up like upcoming with Duncan. I have my own color on the grasshopper. I don't know if they're in stock anymore, but if there is, go get that. It's my own color. This is the first time I've had like any sort. I've had a signature back in the day, but it was like a smaller company with Crucial. It's like, I actually have right here. This one. I guess you wanted to talk about that. But um, what yo, -yo, yo was that one? The smoothie. It's a really old yo-yo of mine. Before I was competitive, it was kind of like just like something that me and, you know, who Paul Yoff is obviously, we just oh, drew yeah. together. And uh, but this is like the first time for me, at least, where I was like, wow, this my name is on a yo-yo. And this is like not even like a small yo-yo. This is Yano's yo-yo. This is like one yeah. of the world's and I have my own edition on it. So is that in 
Am I allowed to like let people that I think you should? Okay, so there's a couple friends of mine. Like there's Blaze Becker. I think you should talk to him. The kid is obviously one of the best yoyovers in the world right now. Um, he's he's got a very similar mindset to me with yoyoing, but he has his own ways of doing going about it, and it's cool. And then there's like somebody that uh, like for interviewing we do like Colin Ellington. He loves your podcast, by the way. That's why I'm like plugging him. So, and then a couple people where I think you should look out for yo-yo contest wise. I think you should look out for Jerry. I think one day he's, his name is Jerry Car- Carbono. I'm always, I'm so sorry if I'm butchering your last name. Your last name has always been really confusing. <laughs> but uh, I think one day he's going to be at the top uh, of the U.S. scene. And a bunch of other friends, like same with Colin. Keep, keep looking out for a bunch of my friends. Keep up with Duncan. Duncan's got a lot coming. Got a lot of stuff coming by got a couple yo-yos on like pre-order right now the haymakers they're good duncan is is their team is doing really well every they everybody are giving yo-yo factory a run for their money yeah everybody made finals that was at duncan yeah there was, there was duncan Gupetter in 1a uh we made finals so duncan is definitely like the the competitive game uh big shout out to jonathan i already know you did episode but you know this is yo-yo best my favorite yo-yo of all time right now <laughs> easy was that the gtr yeah so it's one of the best yo-yos i've ever played with looks like a turning point right he made duncan <laughs> i think i can talk to gavin about that as well <laughs> very if, if there's any yo-yo i'd recommend for competing with duncan it's going to be that one or the grasshopper like i literally think both of them are like amazing good they're yeah. making good buy metals good yo-yos all around also for me and if you want to follow me. <laughs> i actually like their um sorry i i like their beginner yo-yos i don't like a lot of the beginner yo-yos coming from yo-yo factory like the fast 201 i don't know if that's there i think now they're doing like the starlight or something and i yeah, don't really um, like that one very much but i love I think- the freehand yeah, everywhere anyway, I have I have like a bunch of free hands, obviously. I feel like that's like the yeah. thing where you get all the time. But I think the free hand is like such a good starter yo-yo because you can do tricks with it and then you can make it better with an unresponsive bearing if you want to go that far. Yeah. So it's a good yo-yo. There's a bunch of other dunking yo-yos. Like there's the, the, the roadrunner. It's not exactly the best like yo-yo for like top level, but it's really good starter metal. Like it's okay. like it's enough. It's it could bind easier because it's a little snaggy, so it binds easier for the people that don't know necessarily like how to bind and all that stuff the best. There's like a bunch of and they're relatively cheap. And I think that's the big thing with Duncan is that the yo's are cheap. Like the grasshoppers not even past hundred dollars. Wow. It's like it's like eighty. So and it's a bimetal. So it's that's great. Yeah, I think that's one thing I like about Duncan the most is that I can recommend yo's with people not without feeling like I think I'm about to hurt your wallet right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, nice. I mean, some yo-yos like expensive, like the JS. I think is like one hundred twenty. Mm-hmm. But yeah, is well, that sweet. The last two plug? I guess we five yeah. minutes. I think I already said it earlier. And oh, say, say, you, say your username again. Uh, Chris K R I S two underscores Toledo T O L E D O, and and on YouTube, if you look up my name, I'm starting to upload tutorials again. A couple of friends have been asking me. So I'll be so I'll try to be teaching like really important core composition stuff, like trick wise, like stuff that could help you maybe do better results wise. 
but it's stuff that I feel like everybody should learn. But that's what I'm going to start doing. I think that's something I can give to the community. I'd love to watch those. Yeah, my, I actually, my new goal is to pass prelims so that I can score zero in finals. Hey, if that's what your goal is, everybody's put gonna, it out there. Yeah, I'm sure you could do it too. It's not that it's, it's not too hard to make it past prelims, but you really understand the prelim, the prelim stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's what I'm aiming towards. That's where I want to go. All right. Well, I think that that gets it. Your YouTube. Oh, what's your YouTube? Just your name? It's Chris Toledo. Yeah, this, uh, that's it. Awesome. Uh, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on. This has been awesome, Chris. Yeah, I'm glad you um, had me on. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, sweet. Talk to you later. See yeah, you, man. <laughs>